this is Kyle and welcome to another edition of COVID Comfort. Today we are talking about the entire filmography of Dario Argento. First up, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, about an American writer in Rome who witnesses a murder. It's a really solid debut film. It's definitely one of his bests. Uh, it has a couple of really good set pieces, particularly when he uh, witnesses the murder and he's trapped in this glass uh, vestibule. Fantastic. The score by Ennio Marconi I really like. Um, and yeah, it's a really solid Jallo. Not the first Jallo, um, but an, an important kind of innovative one. So I would say check it out. Um, next up, Cat of Nine Tales. Um, this was kind of a rushed sequel to capitalize on the success of Bird with the Crystal Plumage. It's, I, I enjoyed it a lot the second time around. It's fun, it's light, it's not as notable. It's kind of silly. Um, Carl Malden is a blind man who overhears a murder. Um, he does a really good job. He's a really convincing blind man, considering this is a film in which no one would have cared one way or another about the that intricate aspect of his performance, but he delivers. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's not... Um, I hate to say that, but, you know, I don't think you're missing anything if you... If you don't see it. Um, after that, we have Four Flies on Grey Velvet, which uh, is about a drummer who is being followed and he thinks that he killed someone <clears throat> and that someone now is blackmailing him because of it, but it's more complex than that, of course. Um, this one I saw for the first time because it's very hard to find because basically it was co-produced by uh, Paramount back in the 70s and they don't care about that film anymore when it, it when it when video and DVD and all these things became uh, you know viable way to make to re-release the film they did not care about it at that point so it took a while because they needed to buy them off um, it's really good. It's a really good precursor to uh, Profondo Rosa in terms of its its leanings. Um, great score by Ennio Morricone. I absolutely love this score. There's something like hauntingly tragic about it. Um, I would rate it up there pretty high. I think it's a pretty fantastic one. We'll see what happens when I revisit it, but really, really enjoyed it. Glad that I bought it. Um, so yeah so then argento moves to television for a brief kind of anthology it's only a four episode uh thriller horror uh tv series called doors of darkness which he produced and he did kind of Hitch hitchcockian intros to each episode um and he directed one episode and i think he shadow directed another episode uh, they're all um, they're okay. Um, Argento's is, is one of the best ones. It's about a murder that happens on a tram. 
and no one notices until they just find the body. But it happened while there were obviously people on the tram. Um, and this detective trying to figure out what happened, kind of retracing the steps and getting all the same people to go on the tram again. It's it's definitely the best one. It was really fun. It's kind of a fun little setup. But, you know, it's, it's 45, 50 minute little story. Um, and the... It would be cool if they did like a nicer transfer of these. The version I saw on DVD was not great, I think. And I'm sure the original elements are not that good, but it's fun. It would, again, it's kind of don't go out of your way. I mean, it's pretty hard to track it down unless, you know, you got to be pretty curious. So um, then Argento was going to produce... The Five Days of Milan, which is a comedy about the Italian Revolution. Sort of a loose sequel to another film uh, that was similar, about a different historical Italian event. Um, He was going to produce it. Long story short, he ends up directing it. And I saw this for the first time. And I don't think this was ever released in America. Definitely not in theaters. I don't know if there's any kind of DVD or anything. It is available uh, streaming. But I actually kind of enjoyed it. I mean, it's a pretty broad, ridiculous comedy. And it's kind of just about the absurd um, nature of politics and revolution and all of these things. And how little I guess changes regardless of what side is what who's in charge um I had fun with it (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I didn't get but then knowing Argento and him not being a particularly political filmmaker maybe not I don't know how much I didn't know uh regarding the context but it was a lot better than I thought I really was not uh I was always curious, but I also, you know, figured I'm not missing much. And apparently it did okay, but it didn't do so well as he thought. And that was the cause for him to return to the giallo genre with Profonto Rosso, Deep Red. It's a fucking masterpiece. I love this movie. I love the score. Goblin did the score. There's the first collaboration with Argento and this is where he's really picking up the seeds you started to see kind of in four flies on gray velvet of of a different kind of a different approach a different kind of music a different style than what you would have seen in the earlier jallos with a more traditional score this he goes full prog rock heavy metal and it's you know a completely memorable and jolting, overpowering score um, to a pretty intense film. Uh, This is great. This is where you should start. If you're interested in Argento at all as a filmmaker, start here and then work your way out and go wherever you want. But this is the best Jallo of his for sure, maybe ever. and it's interesting, so I'd never seen the uh, extended version, the 
foreign version essentially with an extra 20 minutes all about gender politics and the woman basically being uh, superior to the man which is in a lot of other Argento movies but it's interesting that that was in there and it was a lot more comedic stuff about gender politics but so obviously this is a pianist who witnesses a murder and is trying to remember it basically most of these films and Jallo in general I mean somebody witnesses a murder we're trying to solve the murder in Argento's version of this kind of template story usually it's that someone witnesses a murder and sees something or hear something, or there's something that they have to recontextualize that was there from the beginning in order to solve the mystery. Um, and this is the key version of that, because this is a movie that does give you all the clues and doesn't cheat, and everything is there right in front of you, and it, you're not going to get it, but it, it it's playing fair. Um, so definitely check it out. All right. Then we have Suspiria, uh, another total masterpiece. Um, and so we're moving into total supernatural territory. An American ballet dancer goes to study at a dance academy in Germany that is run by a coven of witch witches. It's a very simple kind of fairy tale-esque setup for a movie that can only be experienced. Um, it's just amazingly shot and lit and another incredible crazy score with Goblin. Um, and it's just, it's like a concert. I mean, it's hard to even talk about it at all. It's, you just go experience it for 90 minutes and there you go. So definitely, it's a must-see. You know, that and Deep Red are for sure his top two films, no doubt about it. So he follows that up with a sequel. And this is a whole trilogy about witches, or at least that's what it was going to be, the three mothers. Um, so he follows that up with Inferno, um, which is basically about a... Uh, a guy who's trying to figure out the disappearance of his sister is the very loose story. Um, people love this movie. I don't. I want to. Because it's everything that's in Suspiria, seemingly. Just amped up even more, which sounds great, but it just doesn't work for me. I think there's not enough narrative. Like, Suspiria just has the bones. And then it embellishes that with style and pure, you know, cinema and music. This doesn't even have that. It's just rewatching it. It was so difficult, but it's uh, it it gives you barely anything at the beginning, and then it immediately moves into this insane, surreal stuff, and it's just not enough for me. So I don't know buyer beware you might love it i definitely don't if you if you want any semblance of a narrative good luck um then 
and this didn't do so well. Um, so then Argento decided to move back to more familiar territory with another giallo uh, called Tenebrae, which I love. It's a very interesting departure from what he was doing before in terms of cinematography and lighting because this is just all super shiny bright overlit scenes everywhere then with grotesque crazy awful things happening within them um it's about a writer <laughs> who his most recent book uh there are murders happening that resemble the things that he's written um it's really good. It's a really solid murder mystery. John Saxon's got a uh, role as the writer's agent. It's got a lot of good twists, I think, and a great score by three of the guys from Goblin. A weird disco, disco electronic, I don't know what score. It's awesome. I really love it. I highly recommend that one as well. Um, then after that, we jump back to more supernatural stuff with Phenomena. With a super young Jennifer Connelly straight off of Once Upon a Time in America. Um, who's a student at a boarding school and there are murders going on. And Donald Pleasance is some sort of entomologist, scientist. Um, and Jennifer Connelly can talk to bugs and there's some really good lighting. And I like this score too. And I don't know what the hell's going on. And I just... It's another one. Like, in, like people love it. I don't get it. There's not... It, as much as... Um, Suspiria works for me. And is not a movie that is... Of any strict logic. I don't know. I just need... I need... I need the right conditions to go off into the unknown, I guess, for me. It's a, it's, people love it. I don't get it. It gets a little too ridiculous for me. And I always kind of like want to go back and get, get it. I want it to work for me. And it hasn't yet. So then after that, um, we have opera, which is about, uh, an understudy uh, doing Macbeth's uh, doing the opera version of Macbeth ends up going on and there's a killer killing cast and crew and has some fixation on this understudy um, I really fucking like this this has got another great score um, this is kind of seen as the end for Argento for a lot of people they think Bird with the Crystal Plumage to Phenomena is his tradition, I don't know, his, his, his gold streak. I would really call it like Bird with the Crystal Plumage to Tenebrae. But I like opera a lot. I think it's kind of underrated. It's, it's still like a solid mystery. The lead actress who didn't really trust Argento to direct her. And so there was some tension there. She gives a fucking great performance. One of the better performances I've seen in a film of this kind. Like, she really seems very... 
shaken and paranoid and and it sounds like the, the conditions helped her performance but it's it's a lot of fun it's pretty bloody and insane but it's it's still beautiful and stylish we don't lose any of that yet but we will <laughs> so after that argento does a uh he does another little tv thing and it's really like short little segments where he's talking about the special effects and makeup uh from various different uh sequences and his films up to that point but he also does little short films for a couple of the episodes just like three minutes super some of them super weird but uh i couldn't find two of them but i saw like six of the eight they're kind of fun they're it is interesting to see being as curious as i am um so those were cool it was cool to see the little segments too and just see him uh talking shop it's on youtube someone has a video of most of the segments compiled and you it's not like proper subtitles but you can turn on the closed captioning um it was interesting um so then from there he teams up with george romero for two evil eyes goes to pittsburgh um he does uh and they're adaptations of edgar Allan poe stories so his half of this anthology movie is the black cat also throwing in a bunch of other references to different edgar Allan poe stories and harvey keitel is a kind of crime scene photographer based on ouija who uh whose wife gets a black cat and that drives him crazy and he ends up killing his wife and then it's kind of like some telltale heart and all these different things thrown in um yeah, it's okay there's a couple cool things in it uh the special effects are just like shown too much and they're too obviously fake and this is kind of like the beginning of the end of the like beautiful polished argento movies because it just looks a little kind of cheap and yeah it's all right um then he ends up staying in america for a little while and he makes another film here in minneapolis trauma um i hate this movie the only thing interesting about this movie is seeing an Italian filmmaker working in a weird American city in the 90s and hopefully having a foreign eye, but it's so cheap looking and boring and the, not all of the acting's bad. Some of it's okay. Brad Dorff is fucking great, um, but it just kind of lays there. It's just kind of dead. It doesn't ever at least for me it never grabbed me not that involving and while part of me thinks it's interesting to imagine a foreign filmmaker working in like the most random american city and while it should be interesting to see his foreign eye you know like having a different perspective it just all looks flat and cheap and and yeah just doesn't have that argento feel that you're accustomed to 
Um, yeah. So it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I would I would avoid it. I rewatched it for this, but I, I don't think I could ever watch it again. Um, then he goes back to Italy and makes a film that I think is super underrated, The Stendhal Syndrome. So The Stendhal Syndrome is a real psychological condition that can happen to, it most often happens to Americans that go to Florence or other cities in Italy and become kind of overwhelmed by all the architecture and the art and have a variety of kind of psychological reactions. Um, so the story is that this police detective who is tracking a serial rapist murderer played by Aja Argento as the police detective. She gets a tip that he's going to be at this gallery and goes there and she succumbs to the art and the Stendhal syndrome. And then the serial killer assaults her, makes her witness him killing his next victim. Um, and she ends up catching up to him and so on. But it's all about the like shattering of her ego after the attack and then also after getting revenge and killing this guy and then just these different sides of her, her personality and how she's like dealing with this um, trauma. I think it's really fantastic. There's some, it doesn't fully work or maybe I don't kind of know where it, if it successfully concludes and there's some really awful CGI in there. But it's really interesting. It's really him stepping outside of his comfort zone, doing something different. It still has some of his kind of polish, and it has a fantastic Ennio Morricone score. I love the theme to this. It's so... Yeah, there's just something about it that um, gets under your skin in a good way. Um, that's just kind of hypnotic and mesmerizing. Perfect for at least the Stendhal, Stendhal syndrome sequences within the film. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend that as one to check out and one that uh, deserves more uh, credit. It deserves to be seen more. Um, putting that on the table. So then after that, he adapts The Phantom of the Opera which is a film that he loved as a child. So it seems great, right? And he gets his daughter, Asia, again, and Julian Sands as the Phantom. Although he's not disfigured, he's just supposed to be pretty. And... It just... And it's in an opera house, and they're in the opera house, but it just looks super cheap there's some really bad cgi um but i mean worst of all it's just not compelling like you don't feel anything it's all revolving around this romance between these two that isn't really believable or engaging in any way so it's just painful to sit through the rat catcher was the most interesting thing and there's a scene where this rat catcher uh 
has like this ridiculous cart with like a blade and he's just driving through like chopping up rats with a little person on his back it's <laughs> that's the best part it's 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 it don't watch this unless you're like me and you've really decided to be a completist don't fucking bother don't do it don't do it okay so then after that he makes sleepless i'm not tired is the actual translation i was trying to learn italian um which is about a killer believed to be dead who comes back there's similar murders and perhaps the killer was never really dead kind of thing um and this guy who's mother was killed by this killer and then max von Zedow is a detective who used to work the case and it's decent it's way better than uh phantom of the opera goblin reunites and does i think a really cool score um and max von Zedow is fucking amazing it's one of the best performances i've ever seen in a movie that was just okay ever like he had a scene alone with a parrot and it was one of the best scenes I've ever seen. I want to take all his scenes and cut them out of the movie and then just put them together and give it to the world and everyone because it's fucking great. He's so good. That's the only, like, it's a decent movie. They, if he had been the lead instead of the uh, younger character, it would be... <sighs> It would be fucking awesome because he's also one of these actors that has I mean he's so good by that point but he has the chops where he doesn't need a director that cares like Argento can do Argento and worry about the lighting and the camera work and everything else and Vanzito's got his shit together and he's gonna nail it so it's it's decent it's mid-level it's worth checking out um then we have the card player which this is him deliberately choosing a different style and a more modern kind of uh, desaturated look and it's about a video poker a killer who's who's holding women hostage and he's going to kill them if if they don't pl the police don't play him in this video poker game and try to win or whatever pretty ridiculous um but the two leads are really good liam cunningham i believe is his name and then i can't remember the woman but they both give really solid performances again they kind of pull up on zito and and have their shit together they're not given enough to do but uh it's pretty meh. It's okay. It's definitely more of a thriller than a Jallo. Straight up Jallo. It's not as graphic, but it's just a little. Uh, you don't come to Argento to see that kind of style, unfortunately. He's evolving in a direction that I think most people are not expecting. But it does feel deliberate as opposed to some of the other ones that feel like they're just low budget or something. So it's. it's eh, I don't know. It's okay. Then we have 
Um, what's after the card player? Hmm. I have to check. Then we have uh, Do You Like Hitchcock? Which is a TV movie. So this was actually going to be part of a different TV series he was working on that was uh, going to be a variety of segments with different directors, kind of like a Masters of Horror thing, which we'll get to. But the financing fell through after he made his segment and no one else got to do it. So they just released it as a TV movie, which makes a lot of sense when you watch it. So I watched this not knowing that and just thought it was okay. It's a film student who's trying to uh, figure out what to do his thesis on. And he witnesses a murder across the way in his apartment building. Um, and he's got to solve it. And... It's pretty mediocre. It's 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 okay, and it doesn't help that it's a kind of a low budget TV thing, but it's there. I watched it. Um, then he he does two episodes of Masters of Horror. The first one, Jennifer, which I think is really good. I know some people think it's like overrated, but I think it's pretty solid. And it has an Argento structure to it, even though it's not a giallo in terms of a protagonist who witnesses something out of context that changes once it's put into context. The, the story is that arc of them figuring out what they actually saw, which is a lot of Argento movies. Um, pretty solid. Pretty, an interesting mix of the erotic and the disgusting. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Um, and he kind of tried to do that, I guess, with Pelts too. But uh, Pelts is, uh, it's got meatloaf and it's about a fur trader, fur, fur guy who finds these irresistible raccoon pelts that drive everyone crazy or they makes them kill themselves but it's a cheap tv movie so they don't look like they would make anyone kill themselves so we're in that old trap um it's pretty fucking unbearable to get through honestly i'd seen it before but and i couldn't really remember it and then watch it again and it was difficult. Um, so Jennifer watched that one. Then finally, after 27 years, he returns to the trilogy started with Suspiria and Inferno to deal with the third mother in Rome and the mother of tears, starring his daughter again, Asia Argento, um, I put off watching this movie for a long time because I heard it was bad and uh, yeah and it just didn't seem to have the same kind of vibe as the first two um, and it doesn't it's just n nothing similar in terms of style um, it's just a fucking mess I don't even know how to describe like the plot like they find a buried coffin 
and a buried box with like accoutrements of this guy who was supposedly cursed. You find out later and they open it and you shouldn't open it so it releases all this shit and people are going crazy killing each other in Rome because of the Mother of Tears is loose now or something and there's like a bunch of witches coming from other countries. And Udo Kirsch is a priest and... And none of it is like fun or satisfying or well lit or exciting. It's just god awful. It's just a pain. It was, it hurt. It hurt to know that he made that. I would have just rather he left it alone. But what are you going to do? Then we have Jallo. Not the genre, title of the film. Um, this is about a woman who goes, who's trying to find her kidnapped sister, supermodel sister, um, with the help of a detective played by Adrian Brody. The woman is Emmanuel Singer. Um, it's okay. It's definitely better than some of his worst films. Prior to, I mean, it's better than Mother of Tears. Uh, that's about the best I can say for it. Um, Adrian Brody, again, I think both of them give pretty decent performances, all things considered. Um, the weird thing is, spoiler alert, Adrian Brody plays the detective and he also plays the killer with this prosthetic makeup, which is cool. But also you can tell that it's him even though he does give kind of a neat performance. Um, and so I expected the twist to be that the detective is somehow really the killer, even though there's all these discrepancies in terms of them being in the same place at the same time. But I was like, well, it's obviously him, so that must be the dumb twist that we're getting to. Which it wasn't. So then it just didn't make any sense. Or I'm just supposed to be dim enough to not see that it's Adrian Brody? I don't know. Um, didn't make sense. Then his last film, Dracula 3D. Uh, I mean, it's Dracula. Asia Argento is Mina. Thomas Kruchman is Dracula. Rutger Hauer is Van Helsing. There's really bad CGI. It's just some nudity, some bad acting. It's just one of the worst Dracula movies I've ever seen in my life. And not seeing it in 3D, I don't know if that, what the bearing of that would be. It wouldn't have saved the movie, but it might have been interesting. To, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just, oh, it about brought me to my knees. So that's it. That's everything. Um, he's got some stuff in the works, one of which looks cool. Uh, it's more of a crime th thriller, black sunglasses that he summarized like in his book. It sounds like it could be something cool. Who knows? There's some video game thing, but... Uh, I mean, I think as time has passed, unfortunately. But I also think you got to judge any any artist by their their absolute best. 
And in that case, I mean, he's a master. Definitely, and for my recommendations, you know, Bird with a Crystal Plumage, Four, four Flies on Gray Velvet, Deep Red, Suspiria, Tenebrae, Opera, Stendhal Syndrome, check all those out. Um, but yeah, I mean, at his best, no one else has ever made a movie like Suspiria or Deep Red. No one. And that's something that you can't even say about a lot of other people. You know, even if they're great filmmakers, they might not be completely unique. I mean, he did things that were pretty original. And he struck out sometimes, too. Um, but yeah, I love some of his films. He's definitely a master in his own right, in his own lane. That is certainly not about strict logic or narrative that much. Um, but that's the entire filmography. That's my opinion of the entire filmography of Dario Argento. Uh, I love the guy. Oh, yeah, did it. So, I'll be back at you with uh, more, much shorter videos to come. But also, uh, I'm thinking about doing this again and diving into Hitchcock, which I know I probably won't be able to find everything, especially not with the silent films, but hey, we'll see. So, thanks for bearing with me. Um, you know, I did this so you don't have to. The, don't I, just Dracula 3D, Phantom of the Opera. Don't. Don't do it. All right. This is Kyle. Signing off. Turn off the sign. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is produced by Josh Lee, Craig Dram, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Audio editing by Kyle Hintz.